This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you're thinking of doing a podcast, there is a way for you to do a show without having to become an audio editing master, a production whiz kid. You can just go to prettyeasypodcasts.com and get your own personal producer at a very, very low cost. That'll be someone who can guide you, assist you, help you out with whatever you need, get your podcast off the ground. If you have an idea or a topic you want to talk about on a weekly basis, a daily basis, it doesn't matter. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. Get started today. Take some of the hassle of starting a podcast off your shoulders and let the audio professionals at Pretty Easy Podcasts help you out. Pretty Easy Podcasts is where podcasters go to get their shows recorded and posted with a complete podcast studio at their disposal. Record from home or your office or anywhere, really. Pretty Easy Podcasts caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com, sign up today, be heard, have some fun podcasting, and don't let a lack of technical knowledge hold you back. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com today. Hail to Pitt! This is the beginning of basketball season with men and women tipping off on November 6th, and we are hype. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. Here we go with your special Pit Panther men's and women's basketball preview. We're going to go through both rosters, look at the outlook for the season, dive into the ACC, and get everybody set because both teams are tipping off on November 6th, and it could be pretty interesting for both squads looking to vastly improve from last season, and there's a lot of potential up at the peak all season long. Pam, they are already talking to us about hoops at H2P Show on Instagram and Twitter, and I know you've been doing a lot of hard work getting us ready for these special previews. Yeah, I'm really excited about basketball season this year. Did a deep dive on both teams. Uh, love to hear everyone's thoughts with two coaches in their second years in the program and let us know what you think of the men's and women's basketball programs. Yep. Let's, let's hear from you at H2P show on Twitter and on Instagram. We'd like to hear some, uh, I guess, preseason predictions. I love those. We love doing those. Although I already forget what my football preseason prediction. I was the same as you, Pam. Weren't we both eight and four in football? It'll be interesting. Yeah, we were eight and four. I think Vince was nine and three. I'll be interested to see where we're at then compared to each other at the end of this one. Uh, Vince, basketball, especially on the men's side, a lot different from back when you were on campus. I'm back on campus, and unfortunately, I have to tell you that the the, the buzz, the, the lore of, of what goes on up on that hill, it's just not the same as it was about a decade ago. Yeah, it seems like the air has slowly been leaking out of that balloon uh for the past you know several seasons and then eventually was popped uh but now i feel like the balloon is getting blown back up under jeff capel uh we saw some improvement uh in, in, injected some life into the program last season and i feel like this year he he's just going to build on top of it uh we'll, we'll talk about it i don't know if he's quite going to get uh to the promised land this year but i feel like it's going to be a step in the right direction for sure 
Yeah, everybody feels like men's or go team is going into a, the right direction. Pam, as far as the women go, last season at 11 and 20, 2 and 14 in the conference, really really tough to 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 get this thing going in a tough ACC, but have to improve on that conference record. Let's start with the women and look at the outlook under Lance White in his second season. Yeah, they were in the preseason poll uh, picked to finish second or last, uh, 14th in the conference, only behind Wake Forest. But one thing I will say about the ACC as a whole this year, um, it's it's not going to be as dominant as it was in years past. So maybe Pitt could get a few more wins. Notre Dame's a little bit down this year. Um, Louisville is still dominant. NC State's good at Florida State. But a lot of the teams that Pitt lost to last year um, lost a lot of players. And I think Pitt can improve on their 11-20 and 20 record from last year to only 2-14 and 14 in conference. But they do return a pair of starters from last year, um, including Aisha Bug, and she missed most of last year. She was granted a sixth year of eligibility by the NCAA um, at Thanksgiving at a tournament in Nashville last year. She was diagnosed with blood clots, and she was out for the year. But she, before she went out for the season, she had averaged 14 points and 3.4 assists per game. So that senior leadership on a very young team and additional scoring is only going to help this team moving forward. And the 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 big moment we're all anticipating and, and looking forward to is the return of Kyla Nelson, who was diagnosed uh, with a, a cancer uh, and, and is expected to return remover of, removal of the cancerous tumor and she's going to be back on on the court, we're hoping, uh, later this season. And really, she has a lot of promise as one of the best three-point shooters in the entire conference. Yeah, she made eight starts last year, um, appeared in 30 games, but she was ranked fourth in the ACC in three-point scoring percentage last year. And once she comes back um, with the return of Bug, they're going to have more scoring, and Bug will allow um, Nelson to be able to open up and get some threes as well. The player that I'm most excited about going into this year for the Pitt Panthers is actually a junior college transfer named Gabby Green. She was an All-American last year on the junior college level. She was from South Plains College. And not only is she going to provide scoring for Pitt this year, she also has eligibility remaining next year as, as well. Last year, she scored in double figures 23 times uh, for South Plains and really carried them throughout the junior college playoffs as well. Now, what can you tell us about Green Pam? Is she, is she a, a slasher type player? Or is she a good three-point set shooter? Uh, what is she going to be able to bring to this offense? We know we need sco- uh, points being scored you know, all over the floor, but what, what can she bring? What's her specialty well, I'm interested to see how she pairs up in the ACC, but from everything I know about her, she's an explosive scorer and can create her own shot. Like okay. the ball in her hands, and when you do have Nelson return, can kick it out to her. So yeah. she's going to draw some the defense to her and be able to kick it out. Yeah, I mean, you know how important three-point shooting is in the women's game, in women's college basketball, and that's something Pitt has really lacked, in my opinion, in the past you know, uh, seems like forever uh, to sort of have an excellent uh, three-point shooter that you're talking about there with Nelson and some people that could create with Bug 
and, and green. I think that that's spells good things for the offense. Yeah. And I mean, this is the first recruiting class under Lance white and seven new players. And this program, when white took over was in shambles. I One mean, of the worst in the country. Yeah. So. And a few years ago, they did have that bright spot where they made it to the NCAA tournament, but that was almost, almost smoke and mirrors. A lot of players had left and transferred, um, and so this is a full rebuild. So getting seven new players in there, two transfers, um, five freshmen coming in. It's a lot of new players, but you do have that veteran leadership with Bug. You also have junior center Judkins is coming back. She started 25 games last year. She averaged 5.6 rebounds per game. And in order for Pitt to be successful, she's going to need to get some more rebounds. Yeah, it's going to uh, go higher to that number. Yeah, exactly. I'm interested to see also how, how the bigs operate with all these with all these hopeful shooters. Uh, you mentioned Marcella Lamarck. She's the other transfer, correct? She's six foot four, And so is freshman Rita Igbakwe, Pam. I mean, Pitt's going to be relying, I I assume, on some of these five freshmen coming in as well, right? Will will Rita uh, Igbakwe be one of them, you think? I think so. I think they're going to need some size um, because women's college basketball is an extremely physical game. Those women down there will battle for every rebound, and that's what Pitt needs to do, crash the boards, create extra shots, especially if they're not the most skilled um, compared to other teams in the ACC. They got to win the rebounding battle and give themselves as many opportunities to create shots as possible. After doing some research on this team, I think they're going to finish better than their 14th preseason ranking. I really do. I think – um, I think the world of Lance White. Um, I know this hire didn't get as much attention as just Jeff Capel for various reasons, but I think this was a tremendous hire. Lance White was at Florida State for many, many years, and he knows the ACC. He can recruit the ACC, and he knows what it takes to be successful. So I think this Pitt team is on a great trajectory moving forward. You get the freshmen coming in you have a few returners there who know the program and then you have these college transfers and the transfer market in women's college basketball at times is like the college football transfer market it is it really is and once again many people might not know about it so to get these transfer players in is huge people who can provide experience and scoring right away in the ACC, I mean, it might be a little down this year, but Pitt's got some really good teams they're going to have to match up with. I mean, we know that uh, Louisville will probably be good. Notre Dame is, I mean, always reloading. Uh, what about some special players, though, in the conference that we're going to get to see match up against the Panthers? Can you tell us anything about uh, – I hear about this uh, – the, 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 the player in Miami that Pitt's going to be playing, but that's not till the end of the year, correct? Yeah, the ACC preseason player of the year is Miami's Beatrice Montpreer. She was first team all ACC last year. She was a finalist for the Lisa Leslie Award given to the nation's top center. She averaged 16.7 points and 12.2 rebounds a game. And she's going to be a huge body um, and a physical presence down there that when Pitt eventually does play in Miami, they're going to have to match up there as well 
you alluded to it that Notre Dame's always re- reloading. They lost five players drafted to the WNBA last year, and they're going to be – I never count them out. Um, a team to watch for, Louisville's going to probably win the conference. NC State did really well last year until they were absolutely decimated by injuries, and I personally wouldn't be surprised if they finished second in the conference. But looking at some other key players, Louisville's got a number of players – that um, that they need to be successful in order to make a run, not only in the ACC, but also in uh, the ACC. Jasmine Jones is going to be one of the top players of in the whole country for Louisville this year. She's a senior. And then Louisville is actually counting on a former pit transfer to be a big contributor in Yancey Diop. She missed last year with an injury, but they're really looking for her to be a spark plug for them as well. Um, and then NC State has Alyssa Cunane, and UNC has Janelle Bailey looking to carry them. UNC's a program that's always going to be very talented, but they get a new coach that had a lot of turmoil last year. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're definitely not someone – that I'm too scared of in the ACC. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, you talk about, you know, Louisville and Notre Dame have been the class of the conference the past couple of years, even if they still have down years, they're still, they're they're still at a much higher level than, than Pitt is right now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, It's it's not even close. Uh, So to me, you know, if you're telling me the conference as a whole was down, I think that speaks really well for Pitt uh, programs like Duke and UNC who, who have been, you know, very not even talk, not even at the level of a Florida State or NC State. Uh, those programs, Duke and North Carolina, who haven't been as good the past couple of years. You know, if they drop down even more, that's I think that's huge for Pitt to maybe steal a couple wins against those teams. Yeah, and I think teams like Clemson um, as well, Pitt could compete with. I, I mean, they had a two and fourteen record. I think they're going to win a few more games in the ACC, but I think more importantly, they're going to be more competitive in a lot of those games. There were so many games that they got blown out and after the first quarter, the game was over. That still may happen when they play Louisville, when they play Florida State, when they play NC State and Notre Dame, but I do think there is a drop-off after those top four in the conference there, and I do think they're going to be more competitive and be a more interesting team to watch with a lot more scoring this year. Well, then, considering how Pitt women's basketball, very similar to what's going on, we're about to talk men's basketball, in terms of being young, kind of kind of patchwork when you consider they're revamping it, rebuilding the program from pretty much the ground up, stemming off a, a pretty disappointing season last year, but showing more promise, getting a couple transfers that are key, and having a couple holdovers that have the experience. Seeing this whole layout now, Pam, Realistically, what's the highest Pitt could could finish in this conference? They're what picked second to last, fourteen of fifteen. Is it possible Pitt could totally make the preseason prognosticators look silly and finish top ten, or is that asking too much? I think that's asking too much. I think realistically, um, they could finish like twelve, thirteen. Um, oh. 11 maybe um because boston college last year finished three and 13 they're not a good program virginia is usually pretty good they had a little bit of a down year last year they could virginia tech could drop down a little bit 
Duke had a down year last year. I think that 11 to 12 range is a little more realistic because after that, you're starting to look at North Carolina, who's always incredibly talented. Clemson has an underrated pro- program. Syracuse is good. Yeah, Miami, that good coach yeah. Syracuse is a three-point shooting machine. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about Miami. They may have the conference player of the year on their roster. So I think like 11-12, and I think that'd be excellent for this program moving forward. So then we're talking about maybe five, four to six conference victories then is probably yeah, what that Yeah, and I think that'd be a good improvement, yes. That's that's progress, which is what we're looking for stemming off the 2-14 and 14 ACC showing last year. Uh, Mercedes Walker's not walking through that door. So someone's going to have to step up this this season. Uh, will it be Marcelo Lamarck, the transfer from Texas Tech? Will it be one of the, the five freshmen? Will it be Gabby Green? Uh, we'll, we'll see for the Pitt women's basketball team. But uh, a, a real murderer's row, even on a down year in the ACC. On a national level, though, Pam, uh, what's w- real quick, what's going to happen this year? Because, I mean, women's college basketball is all of a sudden getting more and more unpredictable, I feel, with uh, you know UConn not just dominating the way they used to, but still obviously still there. Yeah, and one reason I said the ACC is down a little bit, part of it's the emergence of the Pac-12. I think they're going to be a stronger conference. Some people are speculating there's a path for the Pac-12 to actually get three teams in the Final Four, with Stanford, Oregon, and Oregon State. So the Pac-12 is much, much improved and really an excellent conference. Um, so Oregon is the number one team, and I, I think they're going to win the title if everyone stays healthy. Now, how many people did they bring back from that team? Because they were really fun to watch last year, a Final Four team. Uh, you could argue maybe they were playing the best out of anybody. Ruthie! Going into, into the Final Four. Fell in love yeah, with they- Ruthie during the tournament. So they have Ruthie. Um, she's coming back. And the number one player in the country is Sabrina Inescu, who probably would have been the number one draft pick last year, is coming back. Um, they're a little weak at point guard. Um, that's one spot that I feel they... like Sabrina handles the ball the whole time anyway. No, she... They're a she little... did a lot last year. Yeah, she did a lot. Um, but they're bringing a lot of their team back. And um, Sabrina alluded to that when she decided she was going to come back and play again, that they're going to, they're out to win a title. Uh, fun non-conference game to watch. They, they actually travel to UConn and play them there. So watch Oregon. They're an excellent entertaining team. Um, another team up there is Baylor. I'm not a Baylor fan, but they won the title last year. They're returning a lot of players. Lauren Cox got hurt last year. But not year. Kalani Brown. Kalani Brown left. Lauren Cox got hurt in the tournament. She should be back. And they also got Taya Cooper, a transfer from South Carolina, who is a, a good scorer as well. And is Cox that other big that uh, big player they had down low? Yes. Yeah, she's tough. She's yeah. very good. Um, she tore her ACL. So she'll be back probably well, December. to recover. And then we got Stanford, who's going to be a great team. Mississippi State and um, South Carolina and Texas A&M in the SEC. That's going to be a three-headed race. 
Um, another player to watch for for player of the year, I believe it's a two-person race going into the year between Sabrina Inescu and Kennedy Carter of Texas A&M. Both of these women can score the basketball, and they are incredibly fun to watch. So watch Oregon and Texas A&M if you like players who can score the ball. Um, UConn's going to be in the mix. There's still a decision to be made. They have a transfer from Tennessee, Avina Westbrook, who's an excellent point guard, but they don't know if she's going to be eligible this year. And I also think Maryland's going to make a run at the Final Four as well. So there's a lot more parity in women's college basketball, and the past few NCAA tournaments have proven that. Kennedy Carter's legit, but I I could have swore you were going to come on this show this week and – just hand, hand it to Sabrina uh, before the season even started. All the hype for the Oregon Ducks this year, Pam. If, but I think South Carolina or one, one of the SEC teams will have something to say to uh, to three Pac-12 teams getting in that Final Four at the end of the season. We shall see. For Pitt, I'm circling uh, two games on, on the non-conference calendar. That's December 5th at Penn State. If uh, you want to support the Panthers – and for some reason, I mean, I know we don't all like going out there, Vince, but sometimes you got to show the support on the road. December 5th is a big game against the Nittany Lions. And then uh, right before that, also a big one against Ole Miss, a measure up against an SEC foe for, for, a, for a very interesting non-conference schedule for the Pitt women's basketball team. And they will start off November 6th, next Wednesday, at UCF and – uh I don't know, the Golden Knights, I'm sure, looking for some revenge uh, on, on the Pitt Panthers in any sport they can get. So that'll be a fun way to kick things off. Uh, also, old school Big East showdown with Georgetown on the docket too, Vince. All right, how about that? Yeah, one thing I will say about that matchup with Ole Miss, uh, you know, a lot of young players playing for Pitt, they are going to be their physicality will be tested against that Ole Miss team. That team likes to bang down low. They are They are tough and will beat people up. That is going to be a, a huge challenge for the Panthers early on. All right, so the Pitt women's basketball team going into a tough one this year. We're hoping for a top 10. Might be unlikely, but anything could happen. We'll see if they can turn this thing around quickly. If that happens, I guess you'll be talking about Lance White as one of uh, the best up-and-coming coaches in the entire country, huh, Pam? He's got a tough job here, but a big opportunity to make a name for himself. Yeah, I like coaches who have really grinded it out and been part of successful programs and seen how programs can develop, and that's what he was a part of at Florida State. So I think um, Lance White's definitely going to make this team much improved. Yep, Heather White definitely had a had a certain type she was going for when she was going to you know fix what's going on with basketball on both teams, and the same I think could be said for Jeff Capel going into his second season for the men's team. And they're returning some guys, but also interesting grad transfer. Hearing great things about recruiting for next season as well. Uh, and I think a ton of promise. Who knows, though, because the ACC is just absolutely ridiculous, Vince. With Jeff Capel going into year two, what are your expectations? Uh, I expect it to be better th- than last year, for sure. Um is this uh you know a, a finished product? Yeah, no, but not by any stretch. 
Um, but I, I do see s- some improvement in terms of this roster makeup. I can't wait to talk about it here. Uh, but I, I think they are going to be better. Um, you know, they still don't have, you know, quite the squad to, you know, to go up against a, a Duke or, or a North Carolina or Louisville and win, you know, win and, and be very competitive consistently. But against some of those lesser teams, I think like they're they're slowly gaining ground on them. And, and I feel like some of these holes uh, that they had last year are getting patched up. Yeah, I'm expecting, I'm just hoping for at least one, maybe two upsets, winning games you shouldn't be winning. And that's how you can show that improvement. Uh, quite honestly, the 14 and 19 finish last season surprised me. I didn't, I wasn't, I was given Jeff Capel a super long leash for at least year one. And now my expectations have bumped up a little bit, especially with some some grad transfers and you know inserting some some youth also into the team to go along with two players that I think have I mean they're only going to get better when you talk about Trey McGowan's and Xavier Johnson, Pam. Those are two guys I think you could really rely on. And then you add in hopefully the development of Chuck Wooka and, and Pitt might be might be playing with some experience that people are uh, underestimating this season. Yeah, and one of the wins they got last year was against a Louisville team who may be one of the top teams in the ACC this year. So they got um, a good tough win under their belt last year, um, a a game that they shouldn't have won. And one of those grad transfers is a guard, Ryan Murphy. Um, He is an excellent three-point shooter, um, can shoot about 40% from the three-pointer. Um, maybe a guy that comes off the bench and provides some shooting, um, especially if Johnson and McGowan's continue to be able to drive to the basket and uh, dish it out to him there. Yeah, I like what you said there because, you know, as good as Xavier Johnson and Trey McGowan's were last year, uh, they're not, you know, uh, catch-and-shoot spot-up three-point shooters. You know, that's not, that's not their game to, you know, to hit the ball. Uh, and make a basket at a very high clip. Um, they're they're guys that could drive the basket and make things happen. Uh, last year, this team, uh, you know, Jared Wilson Frame was probably the only guy that could make um, some good three point shots. Uh, he he is not around, but even he wasn't that consistent uh, last year. But I feel like uh, the addition of Ryan Murphy and freshman Gerald Drumgool that we're going to be talking about here. These guys are supposed to, uh, you know, really be able to knock down three point shots. Something that the Panthers desperately need, in my opinion. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm riding. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a lot of stock and hopes into Ryan Murphy because a he's he's got the pedigree, but also he's from Calabasas, Vince, which which means yeah. he's he's been out there and played some big time high school basketball games out in California. And then you pair him up. Hopefully, both guys could step up. I'm interested to see Gerald Drumgool because not only does he come with a three-point pedigree as well, but uh, he's got a little bit of size and athleticism to him as well. I I think two two additions like that to go along with what jo- the X Men and McGowan's are already doing. I mean, there's there's potential for some high-scoring affairs for the Pitt Panthers if everybody's working on the same page. Yeah, yeah, and Johnson and McGowan's, you know, those guys are good enough to, to win several games on their own. Um, but it, it was obvious, you know, there were times last year they were asked to just do too much, and, and, and they needed some help, and it just, it just wasn't coming from anybody, uh, particularly down low uh, and on the three-point shot, Pam. Uh, 
Do you see that these guys are getting the help that they need this year? Yeah, I think they are. I think it'll be better than last year. The one thing with Trey McGowan's I want to get your guys' take on is can he continue to be on trajectory to be an elite defender in the ACC? He's an excellent defender at 64 steals last year. And if he can continue that defense, that and create steals and create some easy baskets for this team, um, that's going to be really important for them moving forward. Yeah, you were almost good for two steals a game for for McGowan's last year. Big plays, uh, more of that, more lockdown defense. Uh, I'm I really am I'm I'm giddy for for that pair. It, it's awesome when you have two super players like that you could rely on that are just super reliable. And then you just I think really you get one guy to step up in terms of scoring loads, uh, and you're in a lot of games. But let's talk about the elephant in the room. Well, the the lack of elephants in the room. The, yeah. the bigs. Um, I, I mean, excited for, for Chooks, Chukwuka, uh, but still undersized big man, uh, which Pitt is still full of. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see some development down low, but uh, is it going to be as rough as it was last year, Vince? Uh, it, it could be. Um, Terrell Braun, I think it's all going to come down to him, I think. You know, he, he was kind of the. The, the one big guy that, that really played a lot last year, but was just up and down, you know, throughout the entire season. He needs to get more consistent. He needs to get better. Um, and, and they're also bringing in a graduate transfer, uh, Eric Hamilton, by way of uh, Wichita State and UNC Greensboro. This guy's six foot nine. Uh, so I'm looking at those three, Braun, Chukwuka, and, and Hamilton are probably going to be the three guys down low that they're going to be playing primarily. And hopefully it's just that uh, last year we saw a Dissy Tony uh, who's more of a wing player had to play the four sometimes. And, and that is something that has just been driving me crazy over the past 10 years uh, of pit basketball is playing these, uh, you know, undersized lanky uh, wing players at, at the four position. Uh, we need to get away from that. We, ne- we need to get some, some legit powerful people down there. Uh, and have them uh, rebound and block shots, and, and the scoring will come, I think. And that's something that I, I don't think people are giving enough credit to, Pam, uh, or not, not uh, kind of underestimating, is it takes, uh, unless you have an elite player, uh, you know, a McDonald's All-American, you know, a, a surefire first-round pick, getting a big guy uh, that can play is tough to find. And it takes a while to develop those kind of players. And I'm hoping, you know, with Brown, with this coaching, uh, can end up being a pretty decent player and a consistent player. Uh, you know, hopefully, maybe like a double double type player uh, this coming year. Yeah, and they have Kareem Kulabali, who's six eight, um, who can rebound and block shots, but he definitely needs uh, time to develop. And if he has to play, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing unless he's made tremendous strides, but um, he's hopefully someone that they can use and develop and continue to have legitimate uh, big men in that, that four position, because I liked what I saw on spurts from Tony last year, oh, yeah. um, especially when he could get out from underneath the basket a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, he was, he had 5.6 rebounds per game and he, he shouldn't be shouldn't have been playing down low as often as he was. I'd like to see him um, be on the wing more, and I I really liked how he developed through the season. I I just 
I, I just, Vince, I think you're going to be upset. I th- just see this roster, and I just see a lot of smaller guys running out there most of these games. I wouldn't be surprised if if you're running a lot of sh- a shorties out at the four, and they're going to be trying to shoot, especially considering that they've brought in Drumgool and Murphy. Uh, I, don't you think that they'll be getting both those guys in there with McGowan's and Johnson a lot this year with those four guys running the floor? Well, if that's your game, I got no problem, you know, playing a, a four guard type of offense. But you have to play that. But system. you got to play that, and you got to have guys that can execute that. You know, if they were trying to do that, you know, let, they're they're playing a guy at a four that doesn't have the, the ability to to stretch the floor and bring a four out uh, and, and be able to hit shots consistently from outside. They just ha- they haven't had those kind of players. Uh, so you know, if you're going to do that, that's fine. But you got to have the personnel. I think to really execute that. Do you think they have that now, though, with Drumgool uh, or at, at six foot six? Can he do that? Uh, he, he might be able to. I guess we're going to find out. That's one thing about uh, Coach Capel is I, that I really like is the guys he's bringing in appear to be at least ACC level athletes. Uh, so we'll find out uh, if, if these guys are capable of doing that. But you know, regardless of what offense they're playing, one one of the things that that really uh, concerns me is that the lack of a of a true point guard to run whatever offense it is. Uh, Xavier Johnson and Trey McGowan's are excellent players, but you could see at times last year <laughs> that they're not true point guards. They're, they're not true distributors. Uh, they're guys that have got to create shots with the ball in their hand. Uh, and you could see Xavier Johnson sometimes just making all kinds of turnovers because of that. Now, maybe he's going to improve over this offseason, and I, I think we deserve him the chance uh, to do that, with how good of a player he is. But you know, if we still don't have that consistent point guard play, uh, I'm not sure how how good this offense can be, regardless of how many good three point shooters you have out there. Uh, I'm my prediction. I, I don't know about record just yet. We'll get to it. But I expect uh, Xavier Johnson. I am really hoping for some act, like you said, Vince. I've been thinking about that actual point guard play, distribution, ball handling, and protecting the ball out of him is obviously what Pitt was missing a whole lot last year. Very risky player last season. Hopefully that gets toned down a little bit. And also, I think you're going to see some senior reliability in the Swede, in Chukwuka. I think you're going to see someone that Capel's going to be able to throw in there, body up, play solid defense, and maybe score a little bit more than he was last season. I think is he healthy? He had an injury last year, towards the end of last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, there's always something. If you're a big man and you're a Pitt Panther and you've played a few years, your senior season generally you're going to be exponentially more productive than you were. I mean, we've seen some guys come in and look terrible over the last decade or two at Pitt, and I know this is a new this is a new system under Jeff Capel, but generally, senior big men at Pitt do pretty well, Vince. Uh, yeah, they yeah, improve. we've seen you know some consistent improvement. You know, whether it be you know, Aaron Gray or Gary McGee. I mean, you got those guys. Poster boy, get Gary better. McGee. Yeah. Well, I'm not even quite sure how much he improved. To be honest, he became but, a totally different player. Actually, productive. I don't know. I'm excited for Chukwuka. Also, I just like saying his name. Uh, I don't think him and uh, Brown are going to be any kind of fearsome uh, force of, of big men, a pair of big men that anybody's going to have to really fear. Hopefully Brown could uh, strike enough fear himself and, and cause some concern for teams. But 
this team is a team that I think is going to have to be able to run around and shoot really well yeah. to compete. Well, I agree with you, and that's the way the ACC is played. I mean, you've got to have these excellent athletes to play in transition. Uh, you know, Bron, I think – I'm not writing this guy off. I, I really feel like he could develop into a, to a solid player down there. Uh, but guys like Chuck Wooka, uh, I, I just don't see – uh, the ACC caliber of athleticism and talent in order to play here. I, I don't see him playing a ton th- this year, I guess, whenever it's all said and done. Pam, I'm looking at out of conference. Uh, Pitt's got Kansas State and really nothing nothing too much exciting except WVU on Friday, November 15th. Out of conference schedule is going to be a lot of fun, but starting the season off, with Florida State, I want to know your opinion on starting the season off in conference. It's just so weird. I don't mind it in other sports, but in basketball, I do. Because now, Alan, you probably have the schedule pulled up right in front of you. When's their next conference game after starting November 6th? Yeah, let me pull this up. All right, so November 6th, Florida State at the Pete, ESPNU. And then we have to wait till an entire month. December 6th. I don't like that. Against Louisville. I do not on like the road. that. If you're going to th- play more conference games in November if you want to start the season. I know there I don't like starting the season with a conference game and then taking a full month off from conference play. It's bizarre. Conference play is very different. And for a team like Pitt, they need those non-conference games to get their rhythm and learn how to well, play together too. Well, I'm I see your side, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. I, I think you know, and and this was widely criticized under Jamie Dixon. Is he did not get these guys, you know, ready for conference play sometimes by playing an extremely soft non-conference. Oh game. my goodness, uh, he wouldn't have any good games until like Christmas. Yeah, so you know, we're playing uh, a, a team that's not going to be as good as they were last year in Florida State. I don't think, but still, uh, still a good. Uh, a good mid-level ACC club. Um, I think it's good to find out how, you know, where do you stand right off the bat? And, you know, Pitt's not going to be like, I don't, I guess we'll get to everybody's predictions here, but I don't think anybody's expecting them to, you know, light the world on fire and, you know, uh, finish in, you know, the, you know, top four of the ACC or anything. So even if they drop this first game to, to Florida state, I don't think it's a huge loss. And let's find out how good we are. Let's see what we have to improve on. And let's get battle tested and let's get ready for the bulk of the season. But I wouldn't even mind it as much if they played an ACC game in mid-November and then had a few games before the bulk of the schedule. I just don't like having that much time off between. Well, they're going to be playing some other teams. I know they're going to be playing other teams. Oh, this is one of the like this is one of the toughest non-conference schedules I can remember seeing for Pitt in a long time. Well, that's not saying much, but yeah, yeah I mean, no, they are playing <laughs> legitimate teams, actual teams this year. Yep, WVU at home on Friday, November fifteenth, should be pretty rowdy. Uh, and then uh, you got Kansas State on there, Rutgers uh, in the non-conference, and then yeah, Louisville will pick back up into ACC play. But then it, it pauses. It's it's December sixth at Louisville, and then again not till January fourth, Pam Wake Forest. So really odd, well, staggering of the ACC schedule. But yeah. well, teams, January fourth of all days. Yeah. College basketball usually takes a 
is very cognizant or, you know, you can say what you want about the NBA NCAA, but around finals times and then around Christmas break too, they don't schedule too many conference games historically. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, we have finals uh, between December 6th and 16th, and that's a 10-day break for hoops. So uh, any players listening, if you need me to help you study, uh, sorry, I'm not I'm not going to be of a help because I've got a GPA i got to maintain. I'm trying to be a... 32-year-old senior here, damn it. Uh, the ACC should be a lot of fun, though. You got Louisville top 10, North Carolina top 10. Obviously, Virginia is going to be legit. Uh, in terms of the conference outlook, I mean, Duke, duh. Uh, any surprises or, or you think it's going to be pretty much one of those teams just mentioned? I think it's going to be one of those teams, but doing some research, people are really high on Louisville this year. And um, Chris Mack has turned that program around very quickly. And part of it's because of Jordan Nuara. He came back last year or came back from last year. He was a freshman last year and people thought he was going to go to the draft and he's definitely going to be in contention for ACC player of the year and be a big contributor there. I'm, I'm, Probably rolling with the the chalk and going with Duke if we're picking ACC. Um, I feel like it's it's about time again. Trey Jones is is ball is a baller, absolute baller. Unfortunately, Pitt has to go to Duke this season. Um, and uh, they get North Carolina though at home, who uh, should be pretty good as well. Vince, I don't I don't know. I'm going with Duke on the on on the ACC pick for the season though. I feel like Coach K. I mean, he's got to be winded down pretty soon, right? He's got to rack some up before he's out of there. Uh, I guess. I mean, I, I have to study his roster a little bit more. You know, whenever he's not relying so much on the freshman is when he seems like he really excels and, uh-huh. and he's got a, an experienced player in Trey Jones, as you mentioned. I think Duke's going to win as well, but um, I think Louisville's going to be right up there. UVA is probably going to drop off a little bit, but – but never, ever count out Tony Bennett. They're the defending champs for a reason. Mm-hmm. Put some respect on the Who's name. They are the champs, uh, which well, is then. still kind of weird to me. I just can't. I feel like, what is this? Yeah, who would have thought? But it, when were they good? Was that the 70s before, before this past season when they were winning? <laughs> when they had that giant. Yeah, that, that good big man. Uh, that opened the ACC network, which Pitt will be playing on a lot this season. Um, I'm counting by my count. I'm looking at five, seven, ten ACC, eleven ACC network games, uh, and uh, a f- and four ESPNU games. Hopefully, some of those uh get flexed to get to to the big ESPN. If that would mean Pitt's probably doing good. Uh, but if I'm picking where Pitt's going to finish in the ACC, uh, I'm going to probably re- go uh, better than what everyone's expecting and better than last year. So I'm going to go eighth, and I think oh, Pitt, wow. I think Pitt could finish eighth uh, because I really do think Jeff Capel is a special coach. And I'm telling you, next season is the freaking season. I swear to G, hail to next season because I'm calling it now. Next season, Pitt's getting into the tournament. This season, though, I think they're going to beat some teams they shouldn't. I'm talking to you, North Carolina. I'm talking 
uh, to Syracuse especially, and I cannot I cannot wait to see Pitt matched up against the national champs at the near the end of the season where they should be at their best. Hopefully, February twenty second. Mark your calendars. The champs are coming to town at an, a noon game. I think Pitt has a huge opportunity there uh, at the end of the year to maybe pull off a big upset. But yeah, I'm going eighth overall in the in the conference. I'm going ninth, so not too far from you. I do think Pitt's going to be a lot better. And I think that ninth spot, 8, 9, 10 range, they'll probably play in the NIT, which is always good for a young team to get some more experience under the belt. Because if you think, historically, the ACC gets six, seven teams in there. So you're thinking if they're up in that 8, 9, 10 range, they may be, especially 8 or 9, make the NIT tournament. So I'm going ninth there. Ninth, eighth. How about you, Vince? Yeah, I, I think it's in, it's around in that range. You know, I'll say ninth. Uh, and Vince know, was just counting, had all of his fingers out counting. I'm not sure yeah, ca- what kind well, of calculations you know, he was doing. Look at teams that, that, you know, teams like a Wake Forest and Boston College. Um, like Wake Forest was picked last. Miami, Pitt could be better. That can I think Pitt can compete with all those teams. None of those teams are just going to outright go and beat Pitt. Well, and, well, that's what I'm saying. But you know, Pitt. You know, if they keep on their trajectory, uh, trajectory, they should be better than those teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, Miami. I don't think is going to be as good as they they have been in the past couple of years. Virginia Tech, who has lost a lot of players, and uh, their coach and, and coach Buzz Williams. Uh, I don't think they're they're going to in. They're in for a huge drop off. Uh, so, you know, I think Pitt can excel above those teams. I think the, the ceiling is NC State and, and below them. If you look at any projections, once you get around, when you're around like the Boston Colleges, the Miamis, and the Georgia Techs, those are the teams you generally picked around ahead of Pitt. Uh, I think Pitt is right on their level. And anything could happen in this season where they get ahead of them and finish in that eight spot to me. But that's about as high as I think they go. And if they go any higher, holy crap, I'm just going to be scared because then people are going to be coming after Jeff Cable. <laughs> but he's he's going to be doing special things. He already is in recruiting and uh, pit basketball in men on the men's and women's side, Pam, I think. Uh, this is a very important season, not so much for achieving anything in terms of championships. Obviously, there's a long way to go, but big steps forward need to be made by both squads. Yeah, and I think they most importantly is they have um, the right the right coaches in place to lead these re- rebuild um, and be coaches that aren't looking for a quick fix that are getting the young players in there. Yeah, it's kind of fun seasons like this when you're not supposed to win. So I think it could it could be special up at the Pete again uh, starting this season. A lack of pressure. And a, and a whole lot of fun to be had and a lot of growing to be done. Um, I don't know if it'll get quite back to 09 levels, Vince, but hopefully the zoo makes a return this season with the yeah, with the I brand new so. scoreboard. I, yeah. It's it's nice up there. We were just at the Pete for some wrestling. The place has been renovated and it's ready for uh, I think a rebirth. Yeah, it's looking real good. We just got to put a good team on the court. Uh, you know, I've been talking to some old timers. And, you know, they, they're all telling me, you know, last year, hey, it was starting to get fun again. Uh, yes. We got guards that can dunk. I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think you know, this team is really, really on the upswing. Uh, like you said, Alan, it, it's going to be 
you know, maybe another year or so. But uh, they're close to being at the point where they could really do some damage if they, especially if they, uh, you know, Johnson and McGowan stick around for another year. Yep, we'll we'll see how what uh, Lance White and Jeff Capel both do with their young squads taking big steps forward. To all you old timers listening to this show, uh, Ralph Sampson is the name we all we we all blanked oh, on. That's the name. Yeah, talking about yes, UVA. Ralph who was basically the star of the first ever uh, show on the ACC network. Uh, But hopefully uh, Pitt takes down the champs and beats some teams they shouldn't beat this season in basketball. Pam, do you have have anything left to say about men's or women's hoops before we wrap this preview up? Uh, One quick note. Um, Virginia Tech, Vince alluded to, is going to be a lot weaker this year. Um, and it's partly because they lost not only their coach, Buzz Williams, but they lost their best player in Kerry Blackshear Jr., um, who was dominant for Virginia Tech last year. He transferred to Florida this year as well, so maybe that's a team that Pitt could jump up in the standings. Oh, I, I like it. I like this the, the opportunity to beat them. Wake Forest, Boston College. I mean, these teams – they're nothing to be scared of now when we're talking Duke, UNC, UVA. Okay, but opportunity. And also, no team is going to look as good as Pitt Will Vince when they're wearing those yellows with the blue script. Oh, my yeah, God, those not. jerseys are sick. <laughs> oh. Yeah, some of the best in the country, I'd say. Yep, so get ready for another basketball season up at the Pete. Hopefully, the magic starts coming back this season. If not, I'm calling next season. But, hey, should be a lot of fun, and we'll see what Capel and Lance White do. Uh, we appreciate you for listening to this special basketball preview of the Hail to Pit podcast. You can follow us at H2P Show on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, November 6th, both teams will be on the court. Both teams will be out there starting their season, but only one team, Pam, bizarrely, will be in conference play. Can't wait, though. One week away. That's right. One week. We'll be getting started. Hail to Pit. Let's say, make sure you listen to the uh, to the regular podcast each and every week. Uh, we will be uh, not only discussing the, uh, the football season, but we're going to be mixing in some basketball every week following these Panthers. Uh, Coach Capel Inc. and Coach White. Absolutely. So this special basketball preview is here for you to refer to all season long if you want to catch up on the players and come go back and hear what stupid things we predicted and of course each and every single week now we'll be incorporating basketball into the football coverage and uh, we appreciate you for subscribing on any podcast app of your choosing tell any panther fan in your life the hell to pit podcast is where it's at and the best place for you to hell to pit hell to pit hell to pit standing here today